You are listening to The Catholic Wire. Hello and welcome back to The Spiritual Life. This is your host, Father Carlos Cepeda, and you're listening to The Catholic Wire. In our previous episode, we talked, we discussed what are the reasons, what are the motivations that we could have to start practicing the exercise of meditation, the holy exercise of mental prayer. Now, in today's episode, we're going to discuss actual real methods of prayer, real methods of meditation. In, in what we're going to discuss today, is the method of St. Ignatius. Now, you're going to find many different methods. We will cover many of them. But I want to begin by this one. You'll see why. I think this is the most basic method, maybe the one that is easier to begin with. When I was a Carmelite and I was in the monastery, I, we began, or at least I began my religious life, with our schedule, which had three hours of mental prayer every day. That would be three separate hours. Now I found it difficult to begin meditating. You don't know really how to begin mental prayer. And I must say a lot of times, I think I didn't use my time as well as I should have, or rather I could have used my time better if I had known how to do proper meditation. Now, a lot of the methods that you will read in other books require concentration, require for you to have the ability to concentrate to focus, which is unfortunately as I have said in another talk, it's an ability that we have lost. The advantage of this method is that it's perfect for people who are not used to focusing, who are not used to concentrating, who haven't had a lot of spiritual reading, you know, a lot of different uh, uh, sources from the spiritual life. This is a perfect method for beginners. Now, you will find this method in the book of the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius. And here I want to give you two warnings, two fair warnings. The first one is, St. Ignatius obviously was not an English speaker. He was not even a Spanish speaker. His language was Euskara, which is uh, the Basque language. So that means to say that even in Spanish, his writings are somewhat difficult to understand or to read, you could say. So imagine if you translate them to English, you might not find a lot of sense in, in some of the words. So we will need to comment on them. We will need to translate them to our plain English. The other fair warning, uh, not all the things that I say here are per se in that part of the book. I will add some things that are maybe in some other saints or some things that are mentioned by St. Ignatius in other parts of the same book of the spiritual exercises. This is a book that one has to study, and you, you need to read the studies of the book so that you really understand the treasure that is in it. So I'm hoping we will be able to synthesize, the, or again, I'm using that weird word. 
I'm hoping that we will be able to compress everything and give it to you uh, explained in simple terms. Now, what are the advantages of the method of San Ignatius? Why I think it's good to begin with this one. The first reason is you don't need to be a genius to start meditating. You know, even the simplest of persons can do this. The second is a lot easier to handle distractions. As I was saying, one of the main obstacles when you start when you start meditating is that you don't know how to focus. This method doesn't give you any room for that. It basically gives you everything laid out so that you have to keep your mind occupied. So it's very good to handle distractions for beginners. Third reason, you don't need any books for it. If you know your basic Catholic prayers, you will be able to work to meditate with this method. Fourth, this method is going to increase greatly the quality of your vocal prayer. You know, when you say the Hail Mary, the Our Father, all those things, if you practice meditation with this method, you will see that that will become much more meaningful. We've discussed that in the previous episode. In a few words, this method, you could call it, if there was a book written like that, you could call it Meditation for Dummies. It's really easy to do it. It's the most basic one. Now, before we go to our method then for today, we will say the sentence of the saints from today. Now, this is a very good one. It's by, by St. John Maria Vianney, the cure of ours. He said, The saints did not all begin well, but they all ended well. A typical quote from the cure of ours, and very fitting if you think about it. The cure of ours was not a sinner, but he had several struggles in his spiritual life. And the, the, the sentence, what, what the point of the sentence is, is to say, don't be discouraged if you don't find yourself to be a saint. No one began being a saint. No one began being perfect. And I would even dare say, many saints found themselves with defects even to the very end of their lives. So if you find yourself to be, you know, not quite as perfect as you would be, and if you try and try and you see yourself falling in the same mistakes, faults, or defects, in spite of your efforts, I'll highlight that part, in spite of your efforts, don't be discouraged. Not all the saints began being saints, but they all ended well. And that is the important thing, to move towards the goal. And that's what we want to do today. So let's begin covering the next point of our talk, which is the general method of meditation. In this episode, we're going to discuss three different methods of prayer that St. Ignatius gives us. But before I'm going to tell you right now, what should be the general method of meditation? And this is going to cover not just the 30 minutes of meditation, but actually the whole of your day. The first step is you have to try to bring your soul to silence and, recollect and recollection with some time in advance. Silence from the world, silence from unnecessary things. But what I, the important thing is to say sometime in advance, before you go to meditation, before you go to prayer, you have to already be cutting things off and starting to put your soul in a mode of separation from the world. Now, St. Ignatius will give us this recommendation. He'll say, if you're, medi you're meditating in the morning, 
then go to sleep thinking of the most relevant spiritual issue that you have at hand, thinking of the subject of your meditation, thinking of what you want to talk to God tomorrow. Go to sleep with that. Forget the phone, forget the TV, forget everything else. When you wake up, the first thought that you have to have is, what am I going to talk to God about? Uh, what am I going to meditate about? And don't let anything else come in. Before everything else, you have to go and, and begin with that and keep that recollection, keep that guard of your thoughts, of your mind, of your heart, until you come to the moment of meditation. The second step. I'm assuming that you're not going to church. Maybe it's too far for you. For you, Try to find a room, a private place, where you might have your meditation without anyone bothering you. It's a good thing to have an oratory, a small place where you can pray, but not everyone has that room. At least try to have a place determined where you can go and be peaceful for a moment. Now, as you begin your meditation, or as you're walking towards the place, as you are entering the place, St. Ignatius would also say, think of what is your goal. What am I trying to obtain from this exercise? You know, what virtue am I trying to practice? What sin am I trying to avoid? What do I want to learn about our Lord? All those kind of things. Now, the third step would be properly the meditation with all the methods that we will cover later on. The fourth step, as you finish your meditation, you should always talk to God, talk to our Blessed Mother, talk to the saints, to the Most Holy Trinity, and ask them for some particular grace. That's very important. At the end of your meditation, always go and, and, and spend some time talking to the saints and to our Lord. And as you do, make a resolution for the day. Ask for the grace to, to fulfill it and say to yourself, today I'm going to practice this virtue. Today I'm going to avoid this occasion of sin. Today I'm going to avoid this or that friendship, whatever it might be. Finally, St. Ignatius would tell us, in the fifth step, finish your meditation with some particular vocal prayer. You might even finish it singing if you want to, but that becomes to be very useful. And then, in the afternoon, after your day has passed, examine yourself on the particular resolution that you had made, and then when you go to sleep, try to bring to mind what you will meditate upon tomorrow. So you see, this is kind of like the whole aspect of your life, the whole aspect of your day, how it should be. I'll summarize it again to finish this section. The first step, bring your soul to silence and recollection before meditation, before the time of meditation. Second step, find a good place for it. Third step, go and meditate. The fourth step, always talk to God, to our Blessed Mother, to the saints when you're finishing your meditation. The fifth step, as you finish your meditation, say some vocal prayer, Make a resolution for the day. The sixth step, in the afternoon, examine yourself, examine your conscience, particularly on your resolutions. And the seventh step, when you go to sleep, try to bring to mind what you're going to meditate upon tomorrow. Now, before we continue, we will go with the story of the saints from today, and we will be right back. Well, I'll say that today I don't have really a story of a saint. Well, it is a story, but it's not a prolonged one. Uh, something that you read in the books, in the notes that they made about St. Ignatius is that he made the resolution 
to always pray with as much fervor as possible. And this is, well, you say, well, this is kind of a given. He's a saint. No, no, it's, you have to picture this. I'm not talking about praying in church. I'm not talking about praying in his room. If he had to say grace for meals, he would pray with as much fervor as possible. And they say in the books about him, you know, the people that live with him, they say that you could see that even when he was saying the grace after meals, he would put his hands together, he would get recollected in his, in his you know, demeanor, and you could see that he was really talking to God in every little prayer that he would do, in the morning, in the evening, even the prayers that all of us Catholics maybe sometimes do just out of custom, he would put his hands together and actually say that prayer talking to God. And you can imagine how enriching that is. I've tried it sometimes, you know, sometimes we fail in persevering in those things. But if you try it and you actually try to say your grace after meals with as much devotion as possible as he did, and actually talking to God as he did, you will see what an amazing change this is in your life. So that's, that was one of the things that really characterized St. Ignatius. They would say that in his Mass, uh, quite often, he would say his Mass crying. And he would not be, he usually would not say his Mass in public. He would say it somewhere privately with just a server, maybe a few people from the order, from the priests that were in the same house. Because he knew that it was somewhat of a very notorious thing. He would delay in Mass sometimes too long because the Holy Ghost just overtook him. And sometimes, you know, very often actually, he would be crying from the very beginning of the Mass and he would keep crying all the way till the end. Now, someone might misunderstand this and say, well, St. Ignatius was a very sensible man. He wasn't. He was actually quite the contrary. He was a very violent and, uh, and irascible man. But this, uh, the, the tears that he shed uh, are actually a spiritual gift. That's a mystical grace that some saints receive. It's called the gift of tears. And when that happens, it's not something vain. It's not something superficial. It's something very deep, spiritual. And you could explain it simply like this. What happens is that the saints, their body is overwhelmed with such strong spiritual happenings that the body can take it and it just starts crying. So that was our story of the saints for today. And now we're going to go right away into the first method of prayer that St. Ignatius gives us. And we're going to listen to it and then we will explain it. The first method of prayer is on the Ten Commandments. Rather than to give any form or way of praying, this method of prayer is meant more to give form, method, and exercises of how the soul may prepare itself and benefit in them, and that the prayer may be acceptable to God. First, the Ten Commandments. First, before entering on the prayer, let the spirit rest a little, the person being seated or walking about, as may seem best to him, considering where he is going and to what. As you begin, make a preparatory prayer, as, for example, to ask grace of God our Lord, that I may be able to know in what I have failed, as to the Ten Commandments, and likewise to beg grace and help to amend in the future, asking for perfect understanding of them, to keep them better, and for the greater glory and praise of His Divine Majesty. After this preparation, 
For this first method, it is well to consider and think on the first commandment, how I have kept it and in what I have failed. Keeping to the rule of spending a few minutes in this, and if in this time I find faults in mine, to ask pardon and forgiveness for them, and to say in our Father. Let this same method be followed on each one of the Ten Commandments. To finish, after having finished the discussion already mentioned on all the commandments, accusing myself on them and asking grace and help to amend hereafter, I am to finish with a conversation with God our Lord according to the subject matter. So as we hear, in this first method of prayer, what Ignatius is telling us to do is to make an examination of conscience that is careful, but to make that in a prayerful way, actually praying to God. He's telling us all the things that I mentioned in the, in the general method. He's telling us, first you have to put your soul at peace, put your soul in silence, think of the goal that you're seeking when you're going to the prayer, and then as you kneel, as you prepare for your prayer, St. Ignatius tells you, put yourself in the presence of God. You know, immediately think, I'm here, it's just me and the Most Holy Trinity. I'm right in front of God. And I used to think when I would meditate, I would, I would think of just me in, in darkness. There was nothing around me. It was just me and God in front of me. And I didn't try to picture God. It's just I know that he's there. I know his presence. Right. And so as you're doing this, you put yourself in the presence of God. And what he says is, ask God to reveal to you your faults and your sins. Ask God the grace to amend your life. You can ask, for example, for the grace of humility, for the grace to know my predominant fault, for the grace to know how much I have offended him, how serious it is, all my, my offenses. All of these things are things that we don't know. You know, you might know how much, think, how much you have sinned, but you don't know how serious that truly is. So all of these things are things that we can ask of God. And so what he's saying is, put yourself in the presence of God and immediately share your goal with God. Tell God, ask him, this is what I'm seeking for. Help me get this. Or, or, you know, please help me get this. Give me this. Give me that virtue. Give me that knowledge. And then St. Ignatius tells you to take one commandment, for example, the first commandment, and spend a few minutes in there. How would you do that? You would take, for example, the first commandment, and you can take an examination of conscience and go over all the steps, all the questions that they ask you, and be really thorough. Don't just dismiss them. Say, well, Maybe I have missed in this. Maybe I have missed in that. If you're a scrupulous person, don't take that advice. If you're someone that struggles a lot in making your examination of conscience, don't take that advice. This is a method of prayer for people that are not dealing with unusual problems. But what you do is you take that first commandment. You think of all your sins. And then you try to be as sorry as you can for them. You try to ask God to forgive you for them. You humble yourself. This is a very, very beneficial thing, so beneficial that I would even say that people that are very advanced in the spiritual life can use this with a lot of profit. So a very good method to do, and especially if you do it carefully, you know, thoroughly. One thing that you could also consider is not only the sins that you might have committed, but the omissions, you know, the virtues that each commandment tells you you must do and how lax, how, how feeble you have been in it. Give you, for example, the first commandment. The first commandment, if you think about it, really means that we should love God. That we should love God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our souls. 
That alone would give you a lot of time for meditation. How many times have I forgotten about God? How many times have I not prayed? How many times have I been distracted in my prayer? How many times have I gone to Mass just out of custom? Or I think it's custom or custom, custom. You know what I mean. How many times I have prayed the rosary without care? How many times I have not strived to become a saint? All these things, if you really dig inside, you'll find a lot of really good stuff to meditate on. So that's what he tells you to do. You spend some time with one commandment, then you go to the next one. Now this here is important as in any other method of meditation. You don't have a time limit or a time schedule. Whatever is working, that's what you do. So if I meditate on the first commandment, and that lasts me the whole 30 minutes, 40 minutes of meditation or one hour, well, I do that. And if the next time I'm still in the first commandment, no problem. If I meditate on the first commandment and I don't find much there, then I move to the second one, and then I move to the third. You know, the soul is free here. You're being moved by the Holy Ghost and by your spiritual directors. And so just do whatever is best for you, whatever you see that helps. St. Ignatius also tells us, after finishing with each commandment, to, say, to do what I was mentioning in the general method, to say a vocal prayer. Pray an Our Father, or a Hail Mary, or both. When he says that, though, he doesn't mean just pray it. He doesn't mean just recite it. He says, pray it, as we were saying that he did. Pray it with a lot of care, with a lot of attention, putting all your heart in each single word, trying to relate that vocal prayer to the things that you were just meditating upon. You know, Our Father, you say, and, and when you think that, you think, you think to yourself, well, how have I failed to love you as a father on the first commandment? You don't have to meditate at that point. But your vocal prayer is going to have all those feelings and all, the, all that knowledge and all that meditation imbued in it. So say it carefully. Now, a quick note here. If your train of thought takes you to stop or to go elsewhere, but you're still praying, as I was saying just before, and you're, st you're still keeping connected and focused on God, don't worry about it. There, there are, in a certain way, you could say, there are no rules here. As long as things are conducive to devotion, as long as, as things are according to religion, to faith, all those things, according to prudence, then just let yourself be led by the Holy Ghost. In the end, what you're trying to find is prayer, relationship with God, and virtue. So if if you get, say, you could get distracted thinking of something else, quote-unquote distracted, rather, your train of thought could take you to some other direction that when you had planned for your meditation, go there. If it's useful, if it's helpful, go there. Because that's what God is giving you at that time. And thank God for that gift that He's giving you. It's always about moving ourselves to virtue. Rather than thinking of beautiful things, what we're trying to do is move ourselves to act. That's what we seek. Now, to finish, think of the point that struck you the most, maybe of the sin that you remember the most, that was most, most uh, uh, painful, or the sin that you would like to uh, do more reparation for. You know, think of what, what stood out during the time of meditation. Talk to God about that, and then come back to your resolution, to saying, okay, I'm going to resolve to do this to repair that sin, or I'm going to do that now to practice the opposite virtue so forth and so forth. So that would be the first method of prayer, following all the rules that we have mentioned, or rather all the recommendations that we have mentioned 
It consists on meditating on the commandments. Now we will go to our second method of meditation and we will listen again to St. Ignatius. The second method of prayer. This consists in contemplating the meaning of each word of the prayer. First, before entering on the prayer, let the spirit rest a little, the person being seated or walking about as may seem best to him, considering where he is going and to what. The preparatory prayer will be made according to the person to whom the prayer is addressed. The second method of prayer is that the person kneeling or seated according to the better disposition in which he finds himself and his more devotion accompanies him, keeping the eyes closed or fixed on one place without going wandering with them, he says, Father, and is on the consideration of this word as long as he finds meanings, comparisons, relish, and consolation in considerations pertaining to such a word. And let him do in the same way on each word of the Our Father, or of any other prayer which he wants to say in this way. First rule. The first rule is that he will be an hour on the whole Our Father in the manner already mentioned, which finished he will say a Hail Mary, the Creed, Soul of Christ and Hail Holy Queen, vocally or mentally, according to the usual way. A second rule. The second rule is that should the person who is contemplating the Our Father find in one word or in two matters so good to think over and relish and consolation, let him not care to pass on, although the hour ends on what he finds. The hour finished, he will say the rest of the Our Father in the usual way. The third rule. The third is that if on one word or two of the Our Father one has lingered for a whole hour, when he will want to come back another day to the prayer, let him say the above-mentioned word or the two, as he is accustomed, and on the word which immediately follows, let him commence to contemplate, according as was said in the second rule. It is to be noted that the Our Father being finished in one or in many days, the same has to be done with the Hail Mary and then with the other prayers, so that for some time one is always exercising himself in one of them. The second note is that the prayer being finished, turning in few words to the person to whom he has prayed, let him ask for the virtues or graces of which he feels he has the most need. So as you see, the second method of prayer is quite similar to the first one. The, the main point of meditation is changed. Now we're not going to meditate on the commandments. We're going to meditate on a certain vocal prayer. I have to say this is my favorite one. I think this is the one that is quite useful. And this does require a little bit more meditation. It does require a little bit more thinking. Now, something that you can see here that I really enjoy about the spiritual life and about the, the good masters of the spiritual life is the, again, the freedom, the, the, the freedom of the children of God. You know, St. Ignatius tells you, he says, sit down if that's what's better for you, kneel down if that's what's better for you. 
you know, do whatever is leading you to more devotion. I'll share something with you here that is going to be quite controversial, I'm sure, but it kind of illustrates this purpose. I remember I was a Carmelite monk, and I would go pray sometimes during the night, uh, and um, not during like big hours of the night, but just, you know, in the darkness. And because it was a little bit later, I would be falling asleep sometimes, you know, I would stand up and even then you're falling asleep. And I started raising my hands to heaven. Now in Mexico, we're not familiar with Protestantism. I would raise my hands like this and I would just be looking up to heaven. And I found that very useful. Now, if you say that here in America, people will say, well, that's Protestant. No, I mean, just because they take that thing, uh, you know, that doesn't make the thing itself Protestant. I wouldn't do it in front of everyone because people might think, well, yeah, that's Protestant. But privately, when you're in the in the in your room, what St. Ignatius is telling you is do whatever is more appropriate for your devotion. You know, if it's putting your hands together, if it's kneeling down and bowing your head to the floor, if it's sitting down, if it's uh, kneeling, if it's standing, there are some limitations here. Obviously, you're not going to lay down on your bed. You know, there is some some rules of. Uh, Decency, I guess you could say. But he has all that spirit, you know, and he says the same, the same thing that I just mentioned. If something helps, stay in there. So in this prayer, he says, do the same preparatory prayer, you know, same thing. Recollect your soul, go to pray, think of what you want to pray about, what is your goal. And then he says, when you're putting yourself in the presence of God, when you close your eyes, now you're going to put yourself in front of the person that you're going to talk to. Say, if you're going to think of the Our Father, then you'll put yourself in front of the presence of the Father. If you're going to say the Hail Mary and meditate on the Hail Mary, you'll put yourself in the presence of the Virgin Mary. If you're going to say the soul of Christ, you put yourself in the presence of the soul of Christ. If you're going to meditate on the Veni Creator Spiritus or the Veni Sancti Spiritus or one of those prayers, you put yourself in front of the presence of the Holy Ghost. So your preparatory prayer you put yourself in the presence of that person. He also tells you to go over the prayer by saying one word and trying to meditate on what that means. You say, for example, you begin, Dear Father, and you say, Our Father. And then you have to stop there and try to think, what does that really mean? You know, what are the implications of these words? What does it mean to say Father? And, and what does it mean that I'm calling God Father? You know, what does it mean when I think of that? What does that say about the love that God has for me? What does that say about the rights that I would have for God's love? You know, if I do his commandments, if I feel full his commandments. What does that say when I think about, you know, how grievous is a sin? Because it's not only a sin against some unknown being up in heaven. It's a sin against my father. It's a betrayal against my father. And so all of these things... I can keep continue thinking about it. Now, here I'm saying it very quickly because I'm basically recording a podcast. But when you're doing your prayer, what you have to say is, okay, our Father, and just think about it. Father, and just stay on one point and meditate on that slowly, thinking that really means that God is my Father. Wow, what a family do I have? And, and just go slowly on that. Let it sink in. Let it hit your mind and your will. And like sometimes I would open my eyes and put myself in the reality and think. He says in there, he says, don't look around. You know, sometimes I would open my eyes just to put myself in reality and think, 
this is not an illusion. In this reality, in this place, in this room, God is my father. And it's really cool. It's really nice to do that because you're bringing faith together as it should be with your daily life. So he says to go like that with each word. He then says, and he says for the first time this, he tells us to put a time that is allotted to prayer. He said, he tells us here, it's, it's kind of like he's going little by little, and he tells us, okay, now I'm going to give you a rule. You're going to pray for one hour. And he says, try to fill that one hour with just one prayer. That gives us a good cue, you know, like a good, uh, a good frame of reference to know how much we're supposed to, to fill with this one meditation. Obviously, as I said before, you can fill one hour just thinking of the first word. But he says, at the very least, try to spend one hour thinking of one prayer, only one prayer. For people who are very quick in thinking, who are very distracted, this is a good way to put a, a break on them and say, no, 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 spend the whole time, a whole hour on this, and actually many hours on this. The use of a set time is very important because that's how you keep constancy. When you have a set time, you're going to force yourself to make it useful and fruitful. And even if you get distracted, if you, even if you think, well, there's not a lot of fruit that I'm getting from this, all this time that I'm devoting, the fact, and I'll repeat this over and over, the fact that you're going and you're putting yourself apart from everything else just to be with God, that alone is meritorious in itself. If you're doing it honestly, sincerely, trying to pray, even if you get super distracted, even if it feels like there is no fruit, you just gave to God 30 minutes of your life. You just gave to God one hour of your life. That is a sacrifice that God is not going to forget. He will not forget it. Even if it was just 15 minutes, he's not going to keep it. So it's always going to be very beneficial. Now, to finish, as in the previous method, we have to finish our prayer by talking to the person that we have been addressing. And he says, well, if I have been meditating on the words, Our Father, I'll finish my meditation and then I'll finish with the rest. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Again, slowly, letting, letting it sink in, savoring each, each word, the meaning of each of them, of them. And then he says, Say thee, Our Father, say the soul of Christ, say the Hail Mary, say the Hail Holy Queen, say the Apostles' Creed. St. Ignatius has this feature in his methods that he recommends that we go praying to each one of the divine persons and then to our Blessed Mother and then to the saints, kind of like going from the top to the bottom or not necessarily like that because the Holy Trinity, all of them are the same. But when it comes, you know, the Holy Trinity, then our Blessed Mother, then the saints. There is no necessary order. You could go the other way around thinking that you want the saints to intercede for you before the Holy Trinity. But what I find really interesting and beneficial is the aspect of praying to each one of the three divine persons, of praying to saints and to our Blessed Mother at the end of your prayer. And when he prays to the three divine persons, he speaks to them about the difference in how they relate. You know, he speaks to our Lord about how our Lord redeemed him and suffered for him on the cross. He speaks to the Holy Ghost asking for light, for guidance, for power, for strength. He speaks to the Father, asking him for love of God, asking him to bring him to heaven, uh, offering to work for his greater glory. 
So he, St. Ignatius, came to have a very personal relationship with each one of the three divine persons, and he would act differently. He would speak differently to each one of the, of the three of them, depending on how they relate to him. And that's something that we can do as well. At first, you might find yourself lost, but the point is, make sure that you pray to the persons that you have been meditating about. And that brings us to the final method of prayer, the last one. I'll say uh, it's a it's a very good one also when one particularly when one is, stri is striving to to keep attention to keep focus when one is tired or sick. This is a very good method of meditating, quote unquote, meditating or praying. And we will listen to Saint Ignatius again. The third method of prayer. It will be by rhythm. Follow the same instructions for before and after prayer that were given in the other methods. The preparatory prayer will be as in the second method of prayer. The third method of prayer is that with each breath in or out, one has to pray mentally, saying one word of the Our Father or of another prayer which is being recited, so that only one word be said between one breath and another. And while the time from one breath to another lasts, let attention be given chiefly to the meaning of such word, or to the person to whom he recites it, or to his own baseness, or to the difference from such great height to his own so great lowness. And in the same form and rule, he will proceed on the other words of the Our Father, and the other prayers, that is to say, the Hail Mary, the Soul of Christ, the Creed, the Holy Queen, he will make as he is accustomed. First rule. The first rule is on the other day or at another hour that he wants to pray. Let him say the Hail Mary in rhythm and the other prayers as he is accustomed, and so on going through the others. Second rule. The second is that whoever wants to dwell more on the prayer by rhythm can say all the above-mentioned prayers, or part of them, keeping the same order of the breath by rhythm, as has been explained. So as you see in the third method of prayer, the, the, the preparation, the whole general process, everything that we do throughout the day, at the end and at the beginning of meditation, should be about the same. This is a different version though, he's telling us, you say, for example, the Hail Mary, and you'll say a word, Hail. Mary. And you take a deep breath between each one of them. Now, the deep breath doesn't really matter. What matters is there is a time, a set time, that you're taking to think of a particular thing, to think, uh, to enkindle a particular affection, to try to bring your soul to a certain thing. This method, I would say, is the fire extinguisher in the wall. You know, it's like you've tried the other method too hard. I've tried this other method too hard. And you go to the wall, push, break the window and get this one. This is like, I have to be able to do this one. And you are, you know, there's not much to it. You just say the word and you kind of hold it. And during the time that you have in between each word, you try to meditate about, okay, what does that word mean? You know, hell, and you can think as you're breathing you can start thinking i love the virgin mary mary i love the virgin mary and and you can go like that or you know hail the virgin mary is the mother of god mary the virgin mary is the mother of god you can just keep thinking about those things 
you can say hail what does hail mean okay well i'm congratulating the virgin mary mary uh, mary that is the mother of god i'm i'm talking to the mother of god full full that means that she is actually well full of grace you know that means that she is replenished with grace like she is complete with grace she can actually give you a lot because she's full with it, with it so like taking each word separately and dwelling on that word now this is actually something that i uh i did use when i was praying the rosary with the carmelites you know there was a version with it where they would say we would say you know the one person says hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee and then the group says, Holy Mary, Mother of God. So I would say, say that, that I'm saying the other part. I'd say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And then as they would be praying their part, I would say, uh, Blessed Virgin Mary, please help me with this or that. Or Blessed Virgin Mary, I ask you for the salvation of this soul. And then I say my part, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And then when they say they part, I say, Something else to our Blessed Mother. Dear Virgin Mary, please increase in my soul the love of God. Then it's my turn. Holy Mary, Mother of God. So it's kind of my version of the method of, uh, of uh, rhythm, as St. Ignatius calls it. Some people might criticize it and say, well, you're supposed to be paying attention to the Hail Mary. You are. I mean, because your intention is there. So that's kind of what he's saying. You know, take a prayer and take time between each word and say it. And he tells you the breath part so that you don't have any questions about, you know, oh, this is too hard. I can't do it. I can't think too much. It's like 10 seconds. You can think of something in 10 seconds. This is something, for example, that uh, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Francis of Assisi being such a huge saint, such a mystical person, you know, someone that received the stigmata, he was found one day kneeling down and praying, and all he would say was, I think he would say, my God and my all. And then he would say, who am I, dear Lord, and who are you? Who are you, my God, and who am I? And he was, I think a, a brother was seeing him, and through hours, or at least one hour, that's all he said. He would just go back and forth, just saying, my, my God and my all, who are you and who am I? And he would just keep going like that. So that's kind of like the same idea that St. Ignatius is giving us here. Now, there's something that I should mention. Uh, you have been listening that I have said that St. Ignatius is a good example of uh, freedom, freedom in the spiritual life, because he tells us, well, do whatever is best for you. But then you might say, well, Father, I heard the recordings, and he says, first rule, second rule, you know, he's giving rules. And there is two aspects here. Yes, for on the one side, Every saint, every mystical saint particularly, knows that there has to be a certain freedom given to the soul. Not to the soul, but rather to the Holy Ghost, to lead the soul as, as God sees fit. However, there also needs to be some discipline. If you really want to get results from the spiritual practices, you need to have a certain discipline. St. Ignatius gives rules, and he intended actually, in his book of the spiritual exercises, he did intend to set forth a discipline, to set forth a method. The spiritual exercises were in his mind, as the name implies, a military boot camp. That's what it was. It was a spiritual military boot camp. It was like, okay, you want to become a saint, you want to convert, 
you want to figure out what your vocation is, you're going to come to this boot camp that is going to last for 30 days. It was about 30 days, a little bit more. And here's what you have to do. These are the exercises that you have to do. Just like in boot camp, you have to do certain things. Here you're going to have to meditate like this. You have to spend so much time. You have to meditate on this and this and that first and then and that. And he actually was very, very specific to the point of saying how you should eat, you know, how you should have your room lighted, you know, if it should be dark or lit, depending on what day of the or on what week or of the exercises you were. And so it was a whole method, very, very specific. It's a very good book. There is a lot of good material there, but one needs to digest it and understand it in order to be able to share it with others. That's why there are there are actually priests that are devoted to learn the spiritual exercises and to learn how to apply them, how to have people practice them. So that's why you see that St. Ignatius gives you rules because there is the need for some discipline if you really want to achieve something. Now, these are the three methods that St. Ignatius is going to give us. Very simple. There is no soul, no matter how simple, how distracted, who cannot work through this. In the future, we will meditate or we will see other methods of meditation where you start thinking about the life of our Lord, uh, the lives of the saints. You start meditating upon mysteries of our faith. But for now, this is a good way to start. Now, if you want to jump right ahead into the other ones, what you can do is practice these holds, the same general things that were said. Put yourself in the presence of God, recollection, and talking to the divine persons, and by ask, making a resolution. And for your matter of meditation, grab a mystery of the rosary. Take a mystery of the rosary and just start thinking about it as best as you can. As I said, we will, we will think we will cover that in a future episode. But for now, these three methods are very useful. And they're so important that even people that are advanced in spiritual life should, can, and should practice it. That will be all for our episode today of The Spiritual Life. I am your host, Father Carlos Cepeda. Thank you to Father Gekul for uh, making the recordings for us. Father Gekul was our St. Ignatius. And you're listening today to The Catholic Wire. I'll see you in our next episode, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Catholic Wire. If you have found this show helpful, please say a prayer for all our collaborators. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels and share with your friends. For questions and comments, you may contact us at thecatholicwire.org.